Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Hoop Live with Sean Sean Podcast. I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor, coming to you with episode number 24, The Last Dance Recap Part 3. Three. Four, three. Like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, three. Too much. Okay. Hey. <laughs> All right. So we've been kind of going through this Last Dance Recap very in-depth. Mm-hmm. But with this one, we are going through episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. And episode five starts off with one of the all-time greats, one of your favorites, one of my favorites. Who Co- Kobe. Kobe Bean Bryant, man. Man, rest in peace to Kobe and all the other victims of that helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. But I thought that that was very tastefully and artfully done in episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they, they brought him in and talked about his, uh, with the, the mentorship relationship between himself and Michael Jordan. I thought that was really, really cool. What kind of jumped out to you about the, the Kobe segment of, of episode five? Well, really how he talked about like how just like, it was like kind of like fun. Mm-hmm. He said it was kind of fun to really just he's only seen Michael Jordan play and stuff and to actually just like get on, get into his stuff and like kind of feel him and stuff right he he said it was fun and then right like in the all-star game when they played against each other mm-hmm. right and he, and he said like whenever people like compare him to Jordan and stuff it's like you're not getting like five rings from me without like him being there and his right. mentorship, mentorship so. right Right. Yeah, I thought that was very cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe said that during the All Star game, he he asked MJ about like specific moves, mm-hmm. and I think one of them being his baseline turnaround fadeaway, and I think the fact that he asked a specific question and the fact that he didn't back down from Michael Jordan gained Michael Jordan's respect. Yeah. And if there's one thing that we can take away from this documentary is that Michael Jordan was big on <laughs> respect, right? Mm-hmm. So if he didn't respect you, he would just step on you, right, relentlessly. But if mm-hmm. he did respect you, then he's like, okay, you are deemed, quote, unquote, worthy to go on this ride with me or, you know, I'll give you whatever I have. Mm-hmm. And Kobe also mentioned how his first couple years, he wasn't playing a whole lot of minutes, Mm-hmm. And he had the one game in the playoffs where he shot a couple air balls, and people were like, man, should this guy have gone to college? And how Jordan's tutelage really helped improve his game and turn him into a five-time champion. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it showed a tremendous amount of respect for the game, for Kobe to say that. Yeah. So, you know, you're not getting five championships from me unless Mike gives me that, that mentorship. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I see here you have uh, Kobe was the youngest player in NBA history to play in the All Star game. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And they show some clips from that game where Kobe is not backing down at all. Right. Mm-hmm. As I just mentioned, do you think that if Kobe had been a little bit more timid, do you think that Jordan would have really related to him on the same level? No, not really, because Jordan, like, from day one in the NBA, in the league, Jordan was just just going for people's necks. Right. And just cooking everybody. Right. Dropping over 25 points a game as a rookie. Right. Um, Dropping what was, like, 
63 on the Celtics. Right, in the second year. He has a sophomore. And even as his first playoffs, no one talks about. He's averaging, like, what, like, nearly 30? Right, yeah. against the Bucks. Yeah, against the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, with, um, I think, former Defensive Player of the Year at the time. Right. Sidney Moncrief. Right, right. Yeah, so stuff like that, it's just shows he's not backing down so Kobe would have you know not came with that mentality that he did have then I don't know it, right it'd probably be a lot different for his career like he said yeah I agree I agree they're they're cut from the same cloth so to speak mm-hmm. or as the young boys say now they got the same type of dog in them mm-hmm. who to you in today's NBA as far as the young players has that same type of dog in them um, the young players, uh, or just players in general. I would say Tatum almost, but okay. he just kind of got their game a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know Zion. This is not just me being like Zion. Like, oh my gosh, well, Tatum and Zion, two Jordan Brand guys. Yeah, also. Uh, like amazing, like dunking the ball. No, like he's actually when you watch him play, he's very focused, locked in on the game, and it's not really for all that extra stuff. Right. And, you know, just, he seems like he's kind of got that dog in them. Right. In him. Maybe John Moran a little bit. That's what I was about yeah. to say. But, you know, he, he's a little more expressive, does a little bit more. Right, he is. Yeah. He is, but I think that he, he's built like that. Mm-hmm. He he wants to, to win at all costs. Um, I would also say, not a young guy, so to speak, but I would also say Chris Paul. Who's another Jordan Brand guy, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kawhi Leonard, who used to be a Jordan Brand guy, now New Balance. Got the fresh New Balance. <laughs> right? New Balance. Right, right. He was a Jordan Brand guy. But I think that, because from what I understand, Michael Jordan really, like, vets these guys who he signs to his brand. Mm-hmm. I think he's looking for that type of quality. To yeah. say, you know, I want a guy who who's ready to go to war. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you on John Morant though. Um, so speaking of Jordan Brand though, the episode five also goes into Jordan's the genesis or the origin story of him signing with Nike, right? Yeah. And it was so interesting to me how at the time Nike was just a new a new shoe company, right? Mm-hmm. And Jordan wasn't really feeling him or anything. But his mom was like, yo, you got to take this meeting. You got to go check out Nike, right? Yeah. So it's like, it kind of goes back to that old expression, moms know best, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because obviously you fast forward 35 years and Jordan is just killing the game with Nike. Yeah. But who was it that he originally wanted to go with? Uh, it was Adidas. Right, okay. Um, I forget why, but I... It just he he just wanted to go with Adidas. He didn't even want to go to the meeting for Nike. Right. He was just so locked in. He's like, Mom, I already know my decision. Right. And then no, she said to go. And then his dad ended up saying, you know, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up, and you'd be like a, you'd be a idiot right. almost like to really pass this up. Right. Right. And then he ends up going with Nike, and then we right. see where that goes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Nike ended up giving him just a tremendous pitch. And like you said, his dad was like, you'd be a fool not to sign with them. I yeah. know that um, Adidas was not, they were having some, because if I'm not mistaken, Adidas is, was founded by two brothers. Mm-hmm. And they were having some internal strife. And so they weren't in a, in a position to sign Michael Jordan. And it kind of goes back to that saying, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. And they weren't ready to take on this you know, tour de force that was Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as Converse, Converse was the number one 
shoe brand at the time, right? Mm-hmm. They had like Dr. J, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Remember we watched that commercial mm-hmm. that they had for the weapons. And you wrote in the notes that it was cringy. Mm-hmm. What was so cringy about it? Um, just the writing and like <laughs> just like how it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was just really really cringy, and then they had like magic like kind of rapping. Right. Yeah, and then Larry Bird too. Just it was really weird. It right. Was like to, it's like in today's league that's not happening. You right. get all this high quality stuff. Yeah. Like going really in depth with how the shit was made. Right. That's true. Yeah, it's just not happening. And also the rapping, we talking about quality. You have someone like Damian Lillard, who's like a certified. He got bars. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is actually kind of tough with the rapping, right? Uh-huh. So you're not gonna get him saying some some whack lines, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like, I forget what Larry Bird said, but something he ended with like, you know what it got me the MVP, and it was just really really bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So episode five again started with Kobe. Then it goes into Jordan turning into this international icon, mm-hmm. into this global brand as he partners with Nike and just, you know, takes off. I think they said the first three years in the contract, he had to sell some like $5 million worth of shoes and in the first year. So like $100 million. Yeah. It was something, something crazy. Like, I don't have the exact numbers, but something crazy like that. And so yeah. obviously he is kind of broken um, all types of records and showing himself to be a proven asset, right? Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward six or seven years, and this is another great thing about the documentary we talked about before, how they toggle back and forth. But you fast forward six or seven years, and Michael Jordan is now the best player in the world, and they're in the 92 Olympics, mm-hmm. right? And the U.S. hadn't done so well um, at that time. In the past few Olympics, they hadn't done that well. Mm-hmm. But like you wrote in here in the notes, they they sent a team of all pros over there. Yeah. The dream team, right? Yeah, the dream team. The dream team. So you got Magic, Michael, Larry, Carl Malone, Dave Rock. All these guys are just incredible players, right? Right. And they just go over there and dominate people, right? Yeah. What was, what was kind of the outcome or what what was the 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 positive consequences of them sending that dream team over to Barcelona in 92? Um, well, I mean, they all they 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 won everything. They got the gold medals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um they they said I think it might have been in I forget who it was, maybe it was Magic Johnson's words. Mm-hmm. That was like the best basketball. They were all involved. Right, and, right. Like the practices yeah, were crazy. The practices were just amazing and insane. Right. And just they had to kinda of have fun and they were really competitive no matter what it no matter if it was in games or mm-hmm. like practices, like you said, and yeah, just kind of dudes just battling. Right. Yeah. So you have a, a elevation of the quality of basketball. Yeah. But then also, you have the game going to a global level. Yeah. Right. Because America, even though it's invented by a Canadian and Dr. James Naismith, mm-hmm. was seen as an a, a American game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, basketball was invented by a Canadian. It was seen as a, a American game, right? Mm-hmm. But with the the Dream Team in 1992, the game became global. Mm-hmm. It became global, right? They really were on a world stage. And yeah. you have this superhero, Michael Jordan, who's the game's best player and best ambassador for the game, just out there killing folks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so at that time, there were only probably a handful of international players in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have this guy, this left-hand guy, 6'10", stretched forward, so to speak, a little before his time, yeah. named Tony Kukos, yeah. who the Bulls had drafted and was a great, great player over mm-hmm. uh, from Croatia. Mm-hmm. And Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen decided they wanted to send a message. So yeah. what is it that they, they did against Tony Kukos when they played Croatia? Well, okay, well, first off the start, um, Jerry Krause, he kind of just said before they drafted him, um, there was, like, speculations that they were going to draft him. Mm-hmm. So um, Jerry Krause made a really, like, kind of outrageous statement, really, mm-hmm. that Tony Kukos was going to be the future of the Bulls. Right, that's right. Even, said that. even though they still have Michael Jordan, who could go for, like, another 10 years. Right. Scottie Pippen, yeah. who could maybe go for, like, another 10 years. Right. And, you know, he comes out and makes that statement. So then... Jordan and Pippen come out and say, you know, they were, they would do anything they could to make Jerry Krause look bad. Right. That game they played against Croatia and Tony Kukoc. So they did exactly that. And they <laughs> they told everyone else on the team, on the dream team, to leave Tony, Tony Kukoc for him and Pippen. Mm-hmm. And then they held Tony Kukoc to, I think it was like four points. Right. Maybe like zero rebounds and assists. Right. And they effectively shut him down. Yeah, they they really did, and he just people were going to say like he looked like really nervous, and he was mm-hmm. already nervous coming into the game. Mm-hmm. And then Scottie Pippen was like, "Well, if he's that nervous right now, then he can't play like two games in the NBA." Right, right. Michael Jordan kind of backed. Uh, um, he kind of helped Tony Kukoc out. Like that's kind of like, he said that was kind of like a an unfair statement. Right, right. Yeah, and it was. It was just not a good moment for Tony Kukoc. Right. He was like, they didn't even know me, and they just right. did that to me. Like, just... Yeah, he wasn't expecting that. Yeah, He wasn't expecting to walk into that Lions den, so to speak. And I'm pretty sure that Tony Kukoc, I mean, I'm sorry, Scottie Pippen guarded Tony Kukoc the first half mm-hmm. and Jordan guarded him the second half. So it's like Scottie Pippen's a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. a little bit more up into your body, mm-hmm. whereas Jordan is a little quicker. So I'm like, I couldn't imagine trying to face those two different type of players, you know, <laughs> who are elite at their positions. Yeah. One guy, he's bigger, he's bodying you up, and then the second guy comes in, he's a little quicker, he's cutting off your angles and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think it was either the semifinals or the championship where Tony Kukos had a pretty decent game against him. He scored like 20 points. Right. Yeah, and people, were, and then Sky Pippen and Michael Jordan, it was like, you know, he's actually pretty solid. But, right. You know, we can use him. Right. Yeah. And then it comes back to that one word, respect, right? Mm-hmm. He earned their respect. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that turned out to be, I think, even though it was tough for Tony Kukas at first, it turned out to be really good for him mm-hmm. because he kind of cut his teeth in the, those 92 Olympics where the Dream Team was on a mission to dominate. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, if I can play against these guys, then I can actually hold my own. So mm-hmm. even though I didn't play well in the first game, the second game, I, he, he played well. He played really well. Yeah. Like you said, 19 to 20 points. Um, again, comes back to that word respect, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the championship game, right, mm-hmm. and this is, again, the mastery of, of the editors and directors in the documentary, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of tying everything together. After the Americans won the championship, uh, they were sponsored by Reebok at that time. Yeah. And Michael Jordan is a big Nike guy, right? He's this big mm-hmm. international icon uh, represented by Nike. And mm-hmm. so he infamously drapes the American flag 
over his warm-up jacket, over the, the Reebok logo on his warm-up jacket, right? Mm-hmm. And that just, like, I don't I don't even know exactly what you call that, like, calculating maybe, shrewd, as I, far as a businessman. Yeah. But to be an athlete and to have that level of uh, foresight and perspective mm-hmm. um, about, like, logos and businesses, business uh, acumen and marketing and stuff, it's it's kind of crazy for real. Yeah. I mean, you see some of that stuff with LeBron nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. In the empire that he's building, but most athletes don't don't think that far ahead. And yeah. say, you know what? I'm not gonna. My loyalty is to Nike, and I'm not gonna sway from that. What do you think about that moment? I was like, I don't really understand why he was hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, he's just a big Nike guy, mm-hmm. and to. <laughs> hide it the way he did with the American flag it's just like it was really kind of just funny to me <laughs> just like because at that time I was like why are you doing this right it's just like it didn't really make sense but you know I was just like that's just kind of Jordan right so, yeah always thinking ahead right mm-hmm. always always thinking like what's the best chess move to make sure that I'm in the best position to win mm-hmm. that's what it, it said to me yeah. Because when that happened, I was probably about your age. I was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit younger than you. I was like, why is this such a big deal? But as I got older, I was like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a little, little bit ruthless from uh-huh. on the court to off the court as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the episode five continues on to Jordan's relationship with Nike and the evolution of that. Mm-hmm. And then you get Jordan... People trying to get Jordan to make uh, or take stances on social issues. Yeah. And Jordan makes the famous quote, Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah. When someone's trying to get him to endorse Democrat, uh, a Democrat, I think, candidate for Senate maybe, Harvey Gantt. Yeah. African-American guy. Yeah. And Jordan says Republicans buy sneakers too. Mm-hmm. And people at the time really hammered him mm-hmm. about that to say, well, you know, it's not just about sneakers, it's about social justice and all that. Um, but Jordan goes on to say, hey, listen, I didn't know, like, I'm an artist, I'm an athlete, I'm not an activist, so to speak, I don't know en- enough about the topic to really speak intelligently on it, mm-hmm. um, and not only is he an artist and an athlete, but he's a capitalist, he wants to get that money, mm-hmm. right, Right, rightly or wrongly so, right, mm-hmm. um, but that was his primary focus, he did go on to say that his mom asked him to write some checks for Harvey Gant, which he did, um, although Harvey Gant ultimately lost, but it's kind of crazy to, to think of him saying that. Um, and then again, fast forward to now, where you have guys like LeBron, like Derrick Rose, like Steph Curry really making, um, not just political, not taking political stances, but really being socially active in things that they believe in, right? Making mm-hmm. documentaries and movies and tweets and all that. Yeah. So. Uh, your uncles and I had this conversation the other day about could Jordan and that generation have done more and uh, that's what some of your uncles were saying my argument was that they kind of you know set the foundation not even set the foundation they continued what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jim Brown and those guys had been doing and things evolved to where you have now guys like LeBron feel very comfortable saying whatever they want because they have a tremendous amount of power Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Uh, just as far as like athletes like speaking out, right? Um, I think if you're gonna speak out, um, you obviously really want to know what you're talking about, right? Because you see the position Michael Jordan got himself in, mm-hmm. you know, 
not necessarily that it's all his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wasn't, you know, that's just not what he was taught. Right. Um, but if you do know what you're talking about and you do believe something is correct, mm-hmm. I think you should probably speak out on it and, you know, it can end up being a really good message. Right. It could, you know, just change people's perspective about right. things like you in dark times, like mm-hmm. during this coronavirus and this, you know, this current, like currently like the social injustice that's going on right mm-hmm. now. Like, if you know what you're talking about, you know, probably speak out on it. Right. It, you know. Well, it's crazy because I said on Instagram the other day, I said, not all artists are activists and not all activists are artists, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it should be the responsibility of athletes or artists to speak out if they're not comfortable yeah. with it, right? Yeah. Because they are there to make art. They're there to perform that that's the gift that they've been given that they are now sharing with the world. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they are even putting themselves out on that on you know, out into the public view mm-hmm. is that takes a lot of courage to do that, right? Yeah. But if you're not comfortable speaking about it, then you shouldn't speak about it, right? Right. Just like if you're an activist and you're out there protesting or you're doing writing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you have to be comfortable making art. Or being an athlete, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there there can be a middle ground there, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I think we have to just be very careful in being too quick to judge folks who don't speak out and applauding people who do speak out, but it may be uninformed. Mm-hmm. So to your point, I think it's really good to be informed about what you're speaking on. And if you mm-hmm. feel convicted in your, your spirit to speak on it, mm-hmm. then to go ahead and do it. Yeah. Right, and there's also lots of different forms of activism, right? Mm-hmm. Like Michael Jordan said, he wrote checks, right? Mm-hmm. That's a form of activism because you need money to finance the activism, right? Mm-hmm. Not just out there being visible and speaking. So there's a fine line. Um, I think that the comment he made was kind of off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Other people may see it was in, say it was in poor taste, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, it's a grown man, and that's what he chose to do, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you wrote in the notes, he received a, a little bit of a backlash, even to the point where, um, I mean, even before The Last Dance came out, people were still talking about that. Like, mm-hmm. you go to the barbershop, oh, I don't mess with MJ because he said Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah. It's like, well, he did the, say that. You gotta, He got to live with that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it fast forwards in episode five towards the end about the last season right mm-hmm. the the quote unquote last dance mm-hmm. and they are just it's a frenzy right yeah. there's there's so many people who want tickets they can't get enough tickets and stuff mm-hmm. and there's a great point there's a great part where Randy Brown goes to get some tickets from Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan basically jokes that he's god yeah. right but then he's like edit that out and Randy Brown's like no 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 yeah. what would you think about that part Randy Brown's funny he is funny yeah he really is <laughs> him and Jordan but you know, Randy Brown, he even seen he even looks funny. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean he looks funny? He he just like looks like the guy's funny. Like just always like smiling and stuff. Right, a little oh, mischievous, right? Yeah, yeah, with that, you know, just that look. He's got that look in his face. Right. You know, there's just a certain look that people give you and it's like you know they probably like got some jokes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I agree mm. with that. Yeah. Yeah, they uh I forget who it was they were talking about. Um, or talking to, I'm sorry, interviewing I should say. But he was like Every game is just is too much, 
we're just super sold out. They sold out within like an hour of opening the mm-hmm. ticket booth, right? Mm-hmm. And you wrote here, which I thought was a great point. Even a re- regular season game in Atlanta sold out because they wanted to see Jordan play. And the guy that was at the, I forget the name of the arena in Atlanta at the time, but he was like, if this arena could fit 20,000 more people, we would have sold 20,000 more tickets. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I mean, they had really reached, the Bulls, I mean, had really reached uh, rock star status, or or maybe I should say rap star status, right? Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Any other any other thoughts about, uh, well, you were here. A lot of celebrities were coming to Bulls games in the last season, and then three goats were showing the road. That was tough. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, Wayne Gretzky and Jerry Rice. Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan. So I'm about to put four. Right, yeah. right. I mean, that was kind of tough that you picked up on that, right? Yeah. And like we were talking about the other day with Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's so tough that in hockey, just a little sidebar, they judge your points. Like your total points is your assists plus your goals scored. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Gretzky is number one in that category. Mm-hmm. And he's so far ahead that if you took one of those away, I can't remember if it's the goals scored or the assists. I think maybe it's the goal scored. If you took away his goal scored, he would still be number one in total points because he has so many assists. Yeah. That's devastating right there, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, man. Maybe maybe the Wayne Risk is the GOAT of all athletes. <laughs> he might be the GOAT of all athletes. Because, right? I mean, like, that's kind of tough to do. Right. Yeah, and he got to fight all the time. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I saw that stat, I was like, that can't be true. I saw it like randomly on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then I went and looked it up. I was like, oh my god, that guy was right. Whoever posted this was right. Yeah. That is tough, tough. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was the end of episode five. Episode six starts off where Jordan they're in Jordan's hotel room, mm-hmm. and it's in the last season. It's 97 to 90. I think it might be 98, right? It's like the middle or towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And he says his life basically isn't as great as people think. Yeah. What do you think about that? In a, let, let, well, let me preface it by saying this. In 2020, it's so much about being famous. Yeah. People want to be famous so bad, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard Steve Stout, the legendary record record executive, say that... Fame has put talent to sleep, saying that people chase fame more than they do chasing the curation of their talent, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I I kind of agree with that. Maybe I'm just old, but looking looking at it, that's I I agree with them as well, right? Mm -hmm. But what do you think about that? Do you think that people are more focused with being famous now? Do you think that Jordan was just overselling it? Like, oh, woe is me? Like, what are your thoughts? No, I think Jordan was probably right on what you said. You know, his life wasn't as great, you know, with all the fame and stuff, because mm-hmm. people just chasing him around everywhere. Right. And it's so tough, though, because just like, he he was so famous, mm-hmm. but still worked so hard. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, that's you true. Know, it was still just like his talent was always there. Mm-hmm. And, like, it always showed up because there wasn't really teams that could take him down after he won that first championship. Mm-hmm. And I just think when you have that much talent and you just kind of want to play basketball and have some time to yourself. But there are people chasing you from the moment you get out of your apartment or the moment you 
leave the arena or the locker room, it's just kind of tough. Right. Because just you're the star of, like, you're the face of, like, the world or athlete right. of the world. Right. And, yeah, that's a yeah. great point. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's such a, a interesting dynamic to me because, obviously, I've never been that famous. I'm not famous, period. Um, but it's like, I couldn't imagine being that skilled and that dominant, right, on a, a, the highest stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, one, continuing to work so hard, mm-hmm. but then two, having to, to balance the, the basketball side with all the other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. early in one of the episodes, Dennis Rodman said, playing basketball is easy. It's an easy game. Mm-hmm. It's all the other stuff that's mm-hmm. difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the cameras, it's the questions, it's the articles where maybe they don't interview for you, but interview you for them, but they write something unfavorable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just to kind of play devil's advocate right here for a second, though, you could, or Michael Jordan could have said, you know what? I don't want all the endorsements. Mm-hmm. I don't want to endorse Nike and Gatorade and McDonald's and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then he would not have been as famous, right? He still mm-hmm. would have been very famous because he he was winning all these championships, right? Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't have had the, the like Mike commercial for Gatorade or the McDonald's Big Mac commercial and all that. Yeah. He would not have been as visible. Sort of like a, a Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. He doesn't endorse as many... He doesn't endorse a lot of things, right? It's mm-hmm. just like New Balance, and I think that's it. Um, so do you think that Michael Jordan kind of brought it on himself? Do you think it's unfair to ask someone to turn down those endorsements? What do you think? It's, it's pretty unfair to it turn is, down right? those endorsements. <laughs> I asked the question, but then I'm like, nah, that's unfair. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, it's it's too much money. It's right, just like, right. put yourself in his shoes. Yeah. Like, and it's not even like he was getting getting paid the the most money mm-hmm. in the league until I think it was after his he might have signed like his second contract. Like I think it was it like his third contract where he was like getting paid like a really big amount of money. Right. Well, when he came back, uh, and Jerry Reinsdorf said this, Michael Jordan had been underpaid for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when he came back, then he started signing those one-year deals worth $30 million or so. Yeah. Um, which now doesn't seem like that much. But at the time, that was a crazy amount of money. Yeah, because right? Steph Curry getting like $40 million right, right. a year. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just to, t- to turn down that much money. Yeah. I mean, like, if you get that much money, that's just more like you'd be set for life. Right. And live a really good lifestyle. Right. Um, have a really big house with a lot of yard. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. A few acres. Yeah, a few, a few thousand acres, right? Yeah, a few thousand acres, <laughs> big basketball court. Right, right. And, you know, always have parties, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let me stop. Let me stop. Right, hey, look, I, I'm looking at you now, and the, the listeners can't see you, but I'm looking at your mind just go there. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just wandered off there like, man, what if I was Jordan <laughs> and all that money, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. It's It's unfair to ask someone to turn down all of that um but fame or fame and winning or maybe i should just say winning has a cost Mm -hmm. when you win you continue to ascend to the top of the mountain and then everybody's looking at you yeah and then some people want to break you down some people want to break you down and that's a perfect segue into our our next segment Mm -hmm. because the 
investigative journalist turned sports writer Sam Smith mm-hmm. uh, ended up releasing a book called The Jordan Rules. And as you said, it made MJ look bad and it made fans criticize him a little bit. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um. Yeah, so, I mean, people were just... Jordan was like... I know y'all can't see me, but he was like, just imagine, up here. Right, right. Way, way up here. Right, he was just, on top, yeah, by he far. Was, yeah, he was on top, by far. Mm-hmm. You know, people just wasn't even really close. Mm-hmm. And he and even he talked about it. When you get so high up, people are going to want to knock you down, like I right. just said. So, people like all the endorsements like we were talking about, and just all this fame, people wanted to see something that maybe wasn't very positive and right. something that they didn't know. So, well, he had reached like, like not godlike status, but he was an icon. Yeah. He'd become an icon. People wanted to make him more human. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so, like, people thought of him, like, super high up, and it's just, it, it was ridiculous. So, at one point, like I just said, they were going to want to see something negative, and Sam Smith came out with a book, The Jordan Rules, that kind of talked about what Jordan would do in practice, right. and, you know, how he sometimes, like, hit his teammates. Or, cursing them out, yeah, fighting cursing, them. Yeah, fighting them. Yeah. Yeah, which, to an average NBA fan or, like, a guy that doesn't, like, you know, isn't, like, a hooper or anything, mm. it may seem bad, but if you, like, if you play in college or something, then you, you're probably going to know. Like, I ain't playing college, but I know my dad did. He, he's told me a couple of stories. I know you're going to get into a couple of fights, Definitely. Yeah, you're going to get into a lot of arguments with your teammates. Definitely. So, to a, just a regular NBA fan who just watches basketball every now and then, um, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Michael Jordan, I didn't know he was doing this. Right, like, right. I, I got to think about him a, a different way. Right. And just people would take it way out of, like, way too far. Right. You, but... I mean, it's pretty yeah. much par for the course. Yeah. Right? Mm. And like you, you alluded to, when I was in college, I got in a couple of scraps with my teammates, uh-huh. and I saw some of my teammates getting some pretty big fights with each other, right? Uh-huh. Because you're around each other all the time. Basketball is a contact sport. Mm-hmm. You're knocking into each other. You're elbowing each other. You're talking trash to each other. Mm-hmm. That's just bound to happen, right? Right. Um, but it also brought us closer together. My teammates and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this doesn't surprise me at all, especially at an even higher level. Because I play D2 college basketball. So there's D1 basketball, then there's pro basketball. These are levels higher than what I played. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine, um, you know, the type of tension that exists in those locker rooms and on the courts there. Yeah. Especially when you add millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book did kind of knocked Jordan off that high horse for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, he talked about Jordan's gambling, quote-unquote, problem, right? Mm-hmm. People were talking about Jordan's got a gambling problem, and he took real offense to that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that part? Um, I mean, I just think it's... Jordan, he, like you said, he didn't have a gambling problem. He had a, a competition problem. Right, and he said that. Yeah. He said, I don't have a gambling problem, I have a competition problem, right? Yeah, he okay. said he could stop gambling, right. and just people just... Like we said, when you get so high up, then people are gonna want want to knock you down. Right. And it's just as James Jordan, Michael Jordan's father, said, he he sacrificed so much right. to impress so many people. Right. And to you know hear and see that they still just aren't completely satisfied. Right. Just really, just. 
it hurt him. Yeah, it hurt him. It hurt him. Michael it, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, it becomes too much yeah. for him. And, and Magic Johnson saying, if you guys don't stop, you're going to push him out the league. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Jordan was, he had, he was highly competitive, but he really was a, a artist mm-hmm. in the truest sense where he needed inspiration to keep going. Mm-hmm. And once he felt like he wasn't being inspired, and once he got all the way to the top with the three P and stuff, he didn't feel like he was being no one was competing against him. Yeah. Like he was just beating everybody, right? Yeah. So you take away that com- competitive drive, you take away his inspiration, and he's like, okay, well, I'll just step away. Yeah, and then it's just. I remember in an interview, um, somebody asked him, people, um, she was like, people don't think that you're ruining your game or messing up your game, but your reputation. And right. Jordan was like, what would my reputation be? The, the peers to all peers. Right. Or, like, some, some like, God. Of, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good yeah. point. It's mm-hmm. a good point. Um, yeah, that was an interesting time for him because it's like, I remember the famous quote, America loves a winner and won't tolerate a loser. Yeah. Right? So it's like they loved him, loved him, loved him, but then it's like they wanted to bring him down. But it's like if you bring him down, then they, they would just hate him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you, how do you balance that? And Jordan said... If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't even let myself get set up for that because there's no way to win. Yeah. There's no way to win. That speaks to his competitive drive as well. Like, he wanted to win. And it's like, once you set yourself up to be the purest of the purest, so to speak, mm-hmm. you can't win that because nobody's that perfect. Yeah. Nobody is perfect, period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was, what game was that? It was in game, before game two or game three of the 93 Easter Conference Finals against the Knicks. Right? Yeah, and, I think it was game three. Yeah, before game three, Jordan goes... The the Bulls lost game one and game two. So they're down mm-hmm. 0-2. Jordan goes up to Atlantic City or there in New York. So down to Atlantic City to gamble, right? Mm-hmm. With his dad and some friends. And the press gets a hold of it and they just rip him for it, right? Yeah. Jordan's like, man, I was just going to blow off some steam, right? Mm-hmm. And he was really, really upset by the fact that people were questioning his commitment to the team. Yeah. Right? Game three, he goes off. And let me say, in games one and two, he didn't play great. Yeah. He didn't play great. So it's like, oh, how's this dude doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Game three, he comes back. How many did he have? Game I'm, three, um, I don't remember how much it was in game three, but I, I know in game four, he had 54. 54. So in day, game three, he wrote, he dominated in game three. They yeah. won that game. Then he had 54 in game four. Yeah. They won both of those games, tied the series. And then won the next two games. So they yeah. lost the first two, won the next four. Yeah, and then um, game five, there was just an incredible defensive sequence at the end of the game where I remember one of the Knicks players was trying to... Um, Charles Smith. Yeah, Charles Smith. He was just trying to make a layup. And then I remember he missed the first one um, on a great contest by... I forget who it was. And uh-huh. then um, he got the ball back. Jordan came behind him pluck the ball, right, put right. the ball back up, Scottie Pippen blocks him, right. and then they get a hold of the ball, right. and you know, then... That was a great breakdown right there, son. Mm-hmm, yeah, and then <laughs> they go back, they go back down the court, I, I'm i assuming someone fouls, right. knock down free throws, game's over. Game over, right? Yeah, they closed, they closed out in Chicago. Right. Yeah, or yeah. or maybe New York, I think it was. Well, either way, they end up winning 4-2. Yeah. And then going to play against Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. That was a great defensive sequence. I know Charles Smith is still probably sick about that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Bulls going to play Phoenix. 
Charles Barkley is the reigning MVP for the season, right? Yeah. And he just had a fantastic season. I think he averaged like 26, 27, and 12 rebounds, something like that. And I remember before the series, he said, God wants us to win, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember that. I'm like, this dude is so funny, right? What do you mean God wants you to win, right? God wants me to win. Right, right. And so they come out, they play against the Bulls, and the Bulls beat them. They don't crush them, but they beat them pretty handily, right? Mm. And... Charles Barkley is like, okay, well, we were nervous, right? <laughs> that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense because they'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. Jordan and the Bulls were defending champions. They had won the last two championships, right? Mm-hmm. Then they come out in game two, and the Bulls beat them again. And the, the Suns were like, we felt like we played really great. And Charles Barkley said, I remember that was the first time in my life that I felt like someone was better on the basketball court than me. And you laughed about that. Yeah. You were like, what's wrong with this dude? Why would you laugh about that? I, I don't know. I just, like, thought, like, you know, at the time, it's just, like, I guess I didn't give Barkley enough credit because he was the MVP over Jordan. And mm. really, at the time, you think back to it, he was probably the second best player in the world. Right. Because you know, Shaq was, he wasn't even, he hadn't even come up yet. Right. Um, He just got drafted. And then Malone. Sorry, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, a.k.a. sibling rivalries downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> you guys could probably hear that in the audio, and we didn't have time to edit this episode because we wanted to get it out to you guys. But, Sean, you were saying that uh, Barkley was probably the second-best player in the league yeah. at the time when he said that, you know, they had the 93 finals, and he was like, this is the first time I felt like someone was better than me because Shaq had just gotten drafted, and then you were going to say something about Carl Malone, what were you saying? Um, Malone, he hadn't really, um, at the time, he hadn't really come up either yet. Um, Malone, he was just, he was kind of in like the mid to late 90s, really. And um, then that's kind of when the Utah Jazz became Chicago's team to beat, or with me and them in the finals. So really, you think about it, there wasn't really anyone else I could I could think of or anyone else could really think of mm-hmm. I think that could really be better the sec- second best player besides Michael Jordan obviously has the best mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing maybe being third but right yeah yeah I, I could agree with that mm-hmm. and so the Bulls go up 2-0 and then I believe they won game three mm-hmm. right you think they're about to close it out in game four, and then the Suns storm back and win two games, right? Yeah. The Bulls actually have to go back to Phoenix for game six. Mm-hmm. And Jordan's like, everyone's dreading going back to Phoenix. He says, look, I'm only packing one suit. Yeah. Or I think it was the Bulls won two games in a row, then Phoenix won, then the Bulls won. Okay, and right. And then Phoenix won again. Got you. So the Bulls went up 2-0. Phoenix came back 1-1. That's right, because they won in, like, double or triple overtime. Some crazy yeah, game. Yeah, triple overtime. Triple overtime, right? Mm-hmm. So it was 2-1, then the Bulls won, then Phoenix won, and then yeah. Jordan said, I'm only packing one suit for Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson said, this is the most roller coaster series I've ever been a part of, right? <laughs> yeah. But the Bulls go, and they close it out mm-hmm. in six games, right? Yeah. Um, for, for their third championship in a row. Mm-hmm. And Jordan says, man, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm tired, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I this I might need to step away for a minute, right? Yeah. Um and then you fast forward again or the the storytellers fast forward to the second three P and same thing. Jordan's like, I'm tired. 
I'm tired. I I will. And what's the quote? He says, no one would have to carry him off the court. He'd gladly walk off the court, right? Yeah. He's ready. And what do you think about that? I think, I mean, to his defense, I mean, really, he, he's been getting a lot from the fans and right. from just everyone in the media. Maybe it's time to just, you know, be done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just, again, it goes back to that artist in him, right? Mm-hmm. He's lost his motivation because he's beating everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And he's lost his, his inspiration because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just, I'm not, what what's going to inspire me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's able to walk away. We know how the story ends. He wins his second 3P and then he walks off the court. Yeah, and then he comes back. Then he comes back again, right? And then he walks I, off the court. And then he walks off again, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he comes back because he gets a little bit, inspired or motivated right mm-hmm. which aren't necessarily the same thing in my opinion i think they're close but they're not the same right mm-hmm. motivated means like you just really really want to do something mm-hmm. inspire means that something deep down in you gets ignited almost like a fire gets lit and you're like all right i have to carry this through yeah carry this out i'm sorry yeah it's really kind of sad though what do you mean um that he had to walk off like that because just i mean no one was really there for him I think someone like his dad probably, you know, rest in peace, would kind of be that maybe that inspiration or motivation. That's a good point. And that's a just, great point. You know, fans just really turned on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, sir. Everybody. Yeah, that that's a great point. I think his dad may have said, you know what, maybe you should do this, take some time away, and then you get back at it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but without having his dad, it was kind of just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have two three piece, I mean. Who has even one three-peat? Uh, not you know? LeBron. Right. You know. <laughs> Look, you said it, not me. Yeah, not LeBron. I don't think Kareem has one. No, I mean, yeah. that's just a rare thing to, to get a three-peat. To be hands down the best player on the best team for a three-peat. And yeah. to do it twice. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, Kenny Smith was on first take the other day. He said he felt like the Rockets in 94 would have beat Jordan's Bulls. Because Horace Grant was gone and they hadn't gotten Dennis Rodman yet and they were just too small on the interior, right? Mm-hmm. But I would counter that if Jordan never retired the first time, Horace Grant probably wouldn't have let they wouldn't have let Horace Grant go mm-hmm. because Horace Horace Grant was really good. I don't think Jordan would have let him leave, yeah, right, and go to Orlando, and that would have been huge. So yeah. what do you think? You think that if Jordan, um, you think if they met the Rockets? In '94, in the '94 Finals, as they were presently constructed, they could have beat them. Or if they would have had Horace Grant, right, they could have beat them. Um, I think they had. It, it's kind of tough because it just wasn't around then. Right. Um, but I feel like you can never really bet against a champion. But like you said, Michael Jordan never would have let Horace Grant go, regardless. Right. Probably. So I think if they had Horace, you know, probably maybe even without him, I think they would have just uh, generated defense and mm-hmm. MJ would just he's the ghost somehow he's gonna find a way to right. do it regardless right. and just the th- things he was doing because like people look at it as you got you have to look at the Rockets on the offensive end, mm-hmm. but then you have to look at the Bulls on the offensive end. That's a good point. It's like who's gonna guard Jordan? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about. In the 93 finals, Jordan averaged 41 points and eight and a half rebounds. Yeah. Which, 41 points, that's still a finals record. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's insane <laughs> yeah. to average. And he even talked about 
I knew Jerry Krause thought that Dan Marley was a great defender. So I was going to show him that Dan Marley was not a great defender. <laughs> like, it's just so basic, right? Yeah, so then what would he do against the Rockets? Right. Average 50 against right. Kenny Smith. Right, right. I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Kenny Smith is good, but right. it's just like, right. you know, Dan Marley and Kenny Smith. Just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's different levels. And I like mm-hmm. Kenny Smith a lot, and I love him as an analyst, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just never betting against a motivated prime Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm not betting against him. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. It's really difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the end of episode six. You know, what we got to get into real quick before we end this episode. Yeah, our favorite segment. Yeah or no? Or no? Or no? Or okay. No. So and you came up with these questions, which I think are really good. Mm-hmm. First one: Would Kobe have won five rings without MJ's guidance? Uh, I'm gonna say no, nah, cause mm-hmm. it, from you heard it from him, right? <laughs> right. It's like I mean, he he said he wouldn't, mm-hmm. so you gotta believe him. He's he's Kobe. He's one right. of the greatest of all time. Right. So when they're saying that, then you gotta believe. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna say no nah as well, because mm-hmm. um, he said it himself. But also, I just think that, and we talk about this often. There are so many talented athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Talent is just one component of it, right? Mm-hmm. But you hear all the greats talk about the game within the game, mm-hmm. right? And without Jordan being able to take Kobe's game to the next level by giving him the game within the game, I think Jordan scores, I mean, I'm sorry, Kobe scores a lot of points. Is a phenomenal player, all-time defensive player and all that, right? Yeah. But I don't know if he gets to that championship level mm-hmm. right because he is someone that that executed a 3p even though you could argue and say Shaq was the best player on that team Kobe was obviously very pivotal in them winning three championships yeah, and just... then two on his own he won back-to-back championships right? yeah, it was like a duo it was like a duo exactly mm-hmm. um yeah. but I think Jordan helps Kobe to see and understand the game within the game and yeah. that's what helped him to get to those five championships, right? Yeah, and if if Jordan was wasn't there, I'd say maybe even Kobe doesn't get to the crazy level he does. You know, maybe you know just kind of it's on and off. But right. I mean, just mentorship can go a long way, especially right. when you know you got two players that really play alike. Right, they're yeah. the same position, similar build, and all that similar type dog in them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think we both agree that's nah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second one, was Jordan's statement, Republicans wear sneakers too, a really bad, or Republicans buy sneakers too, a really bad statement? Um, here, you can answer that first. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, given the context of it, nah, because it was off the cuff, like he said. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't meant to go any farther than the team bus, yeah. and they were asking him about a Democrat versus a Republican, mm-hmm. Right. So for him to say, hey, nah, chill out, Republicans buy sneakers too, right? Mm-hmm. Especially given that time period, I don't think it was as bad. Now, if that was something that he would have written down, right? Yeah. Or he would have been sitting down in the interview and said that, then I think it would have been a bad statement, right? Mm-hmm. But given the context of it being off the cuff, nah, I don't think it was bad. Mm. Okay, well, I'm just going to say whatever my dad said, so <laughs> n- nah, and yeah. So. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. How you gonna say whatever I said, but then say yeah as well? If you got your own opinion, say your own opinion. Well, no, because you was like not what you 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 was more so nah. So I'm gonna say nah. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, do you think it was yeah, or you, do you agree with that? Nah, I mean, it was just kind of off the cuff. Right. Like you said, um. So yeah, I don't think you just 
really was trying to put it out there. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of times where I'm like, Sean, if you don't stop doing that, I'm going to slap you in the head. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm just joking with you, right? Mm-hmm. But if I were, like, to write that down, like, hey, Sean, I'm going to slap you in the head. <laughs> that would be pretty bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly the same thing, but I think the audience knows what I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, last one. Did fans in the media criticize MJ too much after Sam Smith released his book? Um, yeah or no? Uh, I'm going to say yeah, because mm-hmm. just, like, who are y'all to say really, like, Michael Jordan? Like, who are y'all to criticize a guy who actually is who actually hoops and y'all are just fans just watching? Right. Like, y'all don't really have to do that. Y- y'all have never been anywhere near that level, probably. Right. Um... If you're criticizing him, and y'all just some straight bamas, usually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, it just really comes down to that. Um, y'all some straight bamas, that's funny. Yeah, because I'm just let him live his life. I mean, right. Like, sometimes you gotta do stuff that pushes the team, and it's like, hey, they're winning, so. Right, right. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter right. what you think. So I'm gonna say, nah, and just because I, like I said earlier, I know how human beings work. Mm-hmm. And people love a good ascension story, right? Yeah. This person is climbing to the top. We love it. We're with you, right? Mm-hmm. But people equally love a story about descent as well, right? And like <laughs> this person just fell off a cliff. Oh, yeah, we're just going to stomp you on the way down. So I, I understand that's the the opposite side of all the praise and the love and the accolades. Mm-hmm. People are waiting to give you the boot. Yes. So I'm going to say nah, but I understand fully what you're saying because most people are just spectators, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like they're judging someone else, but they can't even judge themselves using the same standard, right? Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. That's a whole other story, right? Yeah, but he's like just, he's really waiting to do it. Yeah, he is. He, yeah. He's pure ruthless, right? Yeah, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. It's it's horrible. It is horrible. Yeah. Um. So that wraps up episode twenty four of the Hoop Life with Sean and Sean. Mm-hmm. The Last Dance recap part three, mm-hmm. aka the Mamba episode, because Kobe was in it and he's number twenty four. Yeah. Um. So again, I know we say it a lot on him, but we're gonna say it again. Rest in peace, Kobe, yeah. Gianna, wow. and all the other uh, victims of that helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts and prayers and loves are, are love are with you and your families. Yeah. But do you want to go in? take us home yes so um thank you guys for listening to another episode of the hoop live with sean sean podcast episode 24 um i know a long way there um but um again just thank you make sure you rate us five stars like always write a comment let us know what you think and what you think we could be doing better um what we should be doing even though we're gonna be doing this for the next two episodes talking about the last dance and um we are on all podcast platforms but if you don't know a lot then i can name some of them for you anchor spotify google Podcasts. yeah yeah and then all the podcast platforms that you apple podcast yeah oh yeah apple podcast and all other podcast platforms that you or someone else that you know can think of or tell you yeah all right man it's been real again yeah. Like my son said, thank you for sh- for your support. Mm-hmm. Please continue to listen to us, rate us, tell a friend, and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what we could be doing better. 
We're uh, powering through this first season, which is going to be winding down here in a few months. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy with all the COVID stuff, but uh, yeah. we're happy to be to be moving forward with this. So yeah, and also my dad, my dad told me that um, the the NBA season is going to start um, like around Christmas. The like, next yeah, NBA the, season, yeah, yes. the next one, yes, yeah. So that that's going to be very good. That'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah, that. Well, we'll see if we start the rest of this NBA season here in a few weeks mm-hmm. hopefully we can do that and then things will be on schedule so yeah um we'll see but we'll finish up the next two episodes of the last dance recap then we'll get into the restart of the season so yes. some exciting times ahead man we'll, we'll see what happens so mm-hmm. from sean and sean and our family to your family we love y'all and peace peace